0: A miracle happens when God invades the natural aspects of life and does something beyond the natural. This message is the third in the series, Supernatural. The message is entitled, The Miracle of Hope. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. If you have your Bibles available, go ahead and turn, if you will, to 2 Kings chapter 4. That's where we're going to be in just a few moments, and we'll start with verse number 8, so get your Bibles ready for that. But I want to talk to us as we continue this series together called Supernatural, How God Helps People. Now, obviously, if you've ever needed the help of God in today's world, we need it now. We need God to come and do a wonderful work in the hearts of people, our hearts, your hearts, all of our hearts together, and then to work in our society, in our nation, in our world in so many different ways. We need the supernatural help and the miraculous power of God. And the good thing that we note about God is that God is a God of supernatural power, and He's a God that does miracles. In fact, we see all through the Bible and throughout, actually, history, God stepping in to the natural events of the world and of people's lives and doing something supernatural. That is, that which would have naturally happened, God intervenes and does something above and beyond what is natural. He changes the course of life, changes the course of consequences and situations. So we're looking at how God does this for us. And I want to talk this weekend about a miracle that perhaps you've never thought about before. It was kind of fresh to me as I reflected upon it again in a story we'll look at in just a moment. It's actually the story of God restoring a very vital thing in the life of a lady that carried her through some significant challenges in her life. And that very miracle was the restoration of hope. And I want to talk to you today about the miracle of hope. What does that mean for your life? And I believe that as you listen to today's message, as you let God speak to you today, I believe that he's going to impart to you fresh hope, the miracle of hope, supernatural hope, hope for your own life and hope for your family and hope for your future. There's a message for you today that God wants to impart something of hope to your life, again, supernaturally. We'll be looking at 2 Kings chapter 4, and there's a story here in 2 Kings 4 that's so vital to us understanding this miracle and I'll read portions of it as we work our way through, but let me share with you the first thing that I want you to note out of four major lessons I believe we can learn from this passage today. The first thing I want to remind you of is this, that God is a God who actually rewards people who live faithfully and give faithfully. God rewards faithful living and God rewards faithful giving. Really the start of the story, as we'll read in just a moment, in 2 Kings chapter 4, is the story of a lady who was very faithful to God. She loved God, she served God, she lived for God, she was a giving sort of person. And because of that, that put her in a position to receive a miracle from God. Let me start the story for you in 2 Kings chapter four, I'll begin in verse number eight. One day, Elisha, this is the prophet Elisha, by the way, we're looking at the miracles that God performed through him. One day, Elisha went to Shunem. Now, Shunem was a little village uh, kind of up the middle part uh, of Israel in the Jezreel Valley, uh, heading toward the north of Israel. So it's a small little village there. One day, Elisha went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. So each time he would pass through that territory, he would go to this lady's house, his family's house. She, this lady, said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put it in a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. And so you see, she wanted to do something for the man of God, Elisha. One day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammite, that is called this lady. So he called her and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, tell her, You have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. What can be done for her? Elisha asked. Gehazi said she has no son and her husband is old. What I want you to see about this lady is that she was a lady, as I mentioned a moment ago, who really loved God. She obviously loved God because she was providing a place for this man of God. She was spiritually hungry. So evidently, when Elisha would come by, Elisha would teach the word of God. Elisha would share the things of God with this family and she used her resources she was a well-to-do lady but she used used her resources to be a blessing to the kingdom of God And she's demonstrating this amazing sense of, of faithfulness in her living and faithfulness in her giving and faithfulness in her character faithfulness in who she was as, as, as she lived her life there was something about her that was different she was a quality person she truly had a commitment to God and this lady's commitment, this lady's care about the things of God, it actually set her up for the miracle that we're going to read about in just a moment. Now, I wanna say something very very quickly here, but, but also very, a very important statement. Any, any dimensions of life, how we live life, we don't live in such a way to earn the blessings of God. You can never earn God's blessings. You can't work your way toward a miracle and be good enough to get a miracle from God. Every miracle of God is always a miracle of grace and kindness from God to us, so we don't earn those things. But we can position ourselves to receive blessings from God. This is exactly what was happening in this person's life, this lady's life. She was living in such a way that unbeknownst to her, her living was setting her up to receive a blessing from God. She was not even anticipating this blessing, but again, her living and her giving positioned her for something that God desired to do in her life and promised, eventually you'll see here, promised to do for her. I'm reminded of Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, which points us to this reality that God rewards faithful living and giving. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says, Hebrews 11, verse six. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. That's faith. Then it adds this, and that, notice this, he rewards. If you're circling notes on your, uh, words on your notes there, circle that phrase, he rewards. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. God is a rewarding God. Again, we don't earn the favor of God. We don't earn the grace of God. We don't earn miracles from God, but God does watch the way we live our lives, and it pays to live a godly life. Now no one's perfect. No one's going to always do everything right. We always miss the mark. We're all we have a sinful nature that often shows up in the way that we're living our lives. But what we want to be is people who are pursuing this this, this pathway of living the best life that we can live before God, loving Him and serving Him faithfully in our giving and our living and everything that we do, because God rewards faithful living and God rewards faithful giving. Can I ask you in your own life today? How are you living your life? Are you living your life for the pleasure of God? Are you living your life in such a way that you're saying, God, I want to be honorable to you. I want to live a life that pleases you, not just to get a reward, I want to live to please you. And then out of that, God says that he rewards those who earnestly seek after him. This lady, without even knowing it, was setting herself up for a miracle by the way that she lived her life, the care that she showed for the things of God's kingdom. The second thing that I want you to note from the story is that God understands our hidden pain. This lady, she's wonderful, she's godly, she loves the Lord with all of her heart. And although she has this amazing sense of commitment to God and helping the prophet Elisha and in his own life and his ministry, she still was suffering from some pain in her own heart. Let's go back to the story in 2 Kings chapter 4, and I'll read verses 14 through 16. Here, there's this question asked by Elisha because he wants to bless her for the way she's been so kind to him and his servant. So he asked the question, what can be done for her? Elisha asked, Gehazi, that was a servant of Elisha said, she has no son and her husband is old. Notice that phrase. Gehazi the servant had noticed something about this lady, that she had a, an older husband who more than likely could not necessarily produce children. And she was obviously younger than her husband. And so she has no son, and that's a pain point in her life. And she's dealing with this disappointment of not having a child. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her, and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. So now Elisha says, I'm prophetically speaking to you, lady, that something's going to happen in your life that is a miracle. You're going to have a son. Now you would think that this lady would have rejoiced immediately in in, in this declaration, and this promise. But notice what she says. No, my Lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. It's quite interesting that this lady responds in this way. She says, don't, don't mislead me. When she said, don't mislead me, there's a clue there for us. There's something that we need to, to understand about this lady, what she was going through. The reason she says, please don't mislead me is because she did not want to have her hopes raised and then dashed again. Evidently throughout her life had been moments when her, her hopes had been raised that she would somehow have a child. And then the hopes had been dashed again. And now here comes Elisha, the man of God prophesying saying, here, here you're going to have a son. And she says, no, don't, don't, don't lift my hopes again. Don't, don't let me have any false expectations that will only disappoint me. So she's very, very cautious. You know, people who've been deeply disappointed in life will oftentimes be very cautious with their hopes and with their expectations see this lady had a lot of money but she was short on family she had she did not have a child and she didn't complain to elisha about it she didn't bring the problem to hit to to him but it's clear that in her own heart she longed for a child she had a hidden pain that no one knew about except god and elisha again says to her notice verse 16 about this time next year you'll hold a son in your arms no my lord again she's objecting Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. Don't raise my hopes. Don't cause me to be disappointed once again. Don't cause me to have dashed expectations. I would imagine that there's some of you who are watching today that, that you're living in that kind of life. There's some hidden pain in your heart. and Your hidden pain is associated with some disappointments in your, in your life. You've lost some hope along the way. Maybe you had a hope, an expectation for something, and and it's been delayed. It hasn't come yet. You've hoped and hoped and hoped, and you're kind of running out of hope now because it just hasn't happened. Or maybe your hopes were just completely destroyed or completely disappointed. You'd hoped that something was going to transpire, and it just came to a terrible end, and it felt like everything in life you'd hoped for had been denied. Maybe that's you today. That's where this lady was. She said, don't raise my hopes. I, I don't want to be disappointed again. I cannot take another disappointment. The writer of Proverbs points to the, to the reality of what happens to us when our hope is diminished or destroyed. In Proverbs 13 verse 12, he says, hope deferred, hope put away, hope that hasn't been realized. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. When our hopes are deferred, our hearts become sick. There's hidden pain in people who've gone through deep disappointments in life. So what are we learning from this lady? We're learning number one, that that it does pay to live a a, a godly life. She's a godly person. She has a commitment to God. She's giving her, her resources to the kingdom of God. But nevertheless, she had hidden pain inside of her. The third thing I'd like to share with you today is that miracles began with the recovery of hope. This is a beautiful story. See, hope is a very powerful quality. We don't talk about it very much, but I think we have a false concept sometimes of what biblical hope is. Biblical hope is different from just sort of crossing your fingers and saying, well, I hope is gonna happen. No, biblical hope is a very deep, th- deep thing. It's actually a spiritual thing that resides inside of you. It's a very real force that fuels faith, that when you have hope, you have a resource that produces faith in your life. When you don't have hope, it's hard to muster up any kind of faith. And so hope is the fuel that gets our faith going. It's like the it's like the kindling, if you will, to get our faith going. And hope is really an anticipation of good. Hope points us to a God that is good, and a God who does good, and a God who has given us good promises in our life. And that hope of who God is, his goodness, and his good promises, again, inspires faith inside of us. That's why God wants to fill you with hope. You need hope. You need a supernatural supply of hope in your life, especially if you face some disappointments in life. I want you to look at three passages with me that point us to this importance of being filled with hope. Listen to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Maybe you know this verse, but listen to it again. But those who hope in the Lord, notice that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Those who hope in the Lord have a renewed strength. They soar like, on wings like eagles. They run and they don't grow weary. See, when you and I lose our hope, we get very weary. We become very faint on the inside. When hope is miraculously restored, it turns that around. Lamentations chapter three, verses 25 and 26, the prophet Jeremiah says this, the Lord is good, there's this goodness of God, to those whose hope is in him to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Here's Jeremiah facing this demise of Judah, this whole nation of Judah that's now going to go into Babylonian captivity, but he says, I've got to keep my hope strong in God. There's a lot of things to be disappointed about, but I'm not going to yield to my disappointment. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. It's good to wait quietly to put your hope in the salvation of God. Paul the Apostle prayed a prayer for the believers at Rome, a prayer that is prayed for us as well. It comes from the heart of the Apostle Paul because he understood the power of hope. And he gives us these words in Romans 15 verse 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may, notice this, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants you to overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by your power, but a supernatural power, a miracle of hope in your life. See, here was a lady that, she was a good lady, loved God, but she had some hidden pain and her head. Her hidden pain was associated with deep disappointments in her life. She'd, she'd faced so many times of hoping she was going to have a child and it just didn't happen. And so she didn't want her hopes raised anymore. But now she's a candidate for God's supernatural hope. You're a candidate today for the supernatural hope of God to come into your life. That hope that says, yes, God is good. And yes, God does do good things for people. And yes, God has good promises for my life. And that's the birthing point for a hope that then begins to yield a a harvest of faith in your life that moves you forward with God and allows you to experience other kind of miracles in your life. See, every promise that God gives, hope is directed to a promise. And every promise that God gives is a good promise. And every promise God gives, that good promise is always fulfilled. If it comes from God, when he promises it, he will do it. Joshua at the latter part of his life, before he's going to die and leave the nation of Israel that he's brought into the promised land, He's talking to all the people of Israel and he makes a statement in Joshua 21 verse 45. He says, not one, not one, not even one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed, everyone was fulfilled. This is the miracle of hope to believe that God is a good God and God does good things for people. And God has good promises for you in your life and even though you've had some hopes dashed and disappointed, that today there can be that infusion of hope by the power of the Holy Spirit and you can hope again. How does God rekindle our hope? What happens, how does he do this? God rekindles hope that is first of all consistent with his plan for your life. See, some of our hopes are not consistent with God's plans. There's some things that maybe you've hoped for, and the reason they haven't come to pass is because they were not going to be good for you, and they were not God's plan for you, and you have to trust that God's plan is always the best plan for your life. And so, sometimes God doesn't fulfill our hopes because His hopes for us are actually better than our hopes for ourselves. And He calls us to that place where we can experience a higher dimension of hope for our life, His plan, His purpose, His guidance. And then God always rekindles hope that the devil has stolen from us see the enemy likes to steal away your joy your peace and your hope he wants to take hope from inside of you and God restores that and he rekindles hope that the devil has stolen he rekindles that hope when you begin to pursue him and ask him for that refreshing of hope in your life and he restores it through the promises of his word but miracles always begin Every miracle in your life always begins with the restoration or the recovery of hope in your life. For this lady to experience a miracle, she needed the recovery of hope. Her miracle was not going to happen until she had a recovery of hope. Her biggest miracle was not the birth of a son. Her biggest miracle was the recovery of her hope. Your biggest miracle today is not necessarily some event that you're asking God to do. The biggest miracle in your life today is the recovery of hope that God is good, that God does good things for people, that God does good things for nations, that God does good things for groups of people, that God does good things, and he has good promises for you in your life today. Let me lead you to my last point today. Hope is never needed just in a moment, but hope is needed for a lifetime. Every work of God in your life is a gift. Everything that God does for you, it builds your faith, it increases your hope. But whatever God does for you today, whatever it is that he does for you today, is because he's going to build something. He's building a story in you for your tomorrows. So when God does something today, he is doing so, so that you'll have more hope for tomorrow. Every promise that he fulfills in your life is a promise that leads you to a future that he has in store for you you study the, the, the Old Testament, you'll see that the Israelites over and over again would often build memorials to remind them of miracles that God had done so that when they're facing another challenge, they can go back and look at the memorial and the memorial reminded them of how God came through for them in the past and that God will come through for them in the future. Now, in this particular story, let me go back to the story of Second Kings, Chapter Four, and tell you what happened. It's an amazing story that, that occurs. And so, after this promise is given, Elisha says to this lady, "Oh, by this time next year, you're going to have a son." And indeed she did. She had a son. By the time that Elisha visited the next time she had given birth to a son, it was a miracle. Her hopes had been restored and rekindled and she had a child. She had the son that she never thought she was going to have. And so there was a miracle of a birthing of a child, the conceiving and birthing of a child. God did something. He fulfilled a promise in her life. But then something happened. Several years later, something happened that was very disappointing again, and this is why I want you to see that God wants you to have hope not just for a moment, but that moment leads to a lifetime of hope, that whatever God does today, it's building you for whatever God will will do or desires to do for you in your tomorrows, because although this lady had an amazing miracle with the conceiving and the birthing of a son, several years later, she faced another disappointment, another trial in her life. See, we have trials all throughout our life. And so as you get through one trial, today's trial and God coming through in today's trial will set you up for the, for the miracle that you'll have the next time a trial comes your way. So several years later, I'm not going to read the story for you. You can read it on your own as you continue in 2 Kings chapter 4 there. but Let me quickly tell you the story and some lessons that we learned from it. Several years later, what happened was this little boy was out in the field with with his father. and He gets a headache, he comes in, he actually dies. And so here's the, the death of a child that was a miracle. So miracle son now has died. Young man, he's passed away. The lady has the little boy put in the upper room and so she runs to find Elisha. And to find uh, uh, to invite Elisha to come back and have a conversation with Elisha about this situation, so that Elisha can count now come on the scene and and hopefully bring about another miracle. She's now facing another crisis. Her hope was restored the first time, and now she's facing another situation where she's having to dig into that hope again, can God get me through this, God brought me through the last thing, but but can and will God get me through this, and so here's this second part of the miracle story, and so she goes to Elisha, and she pleads with Elisha, and Elisha comes back uh, to the scene, and and eventually the boy is, is, is resurrected, it's an amazing story, and God comes through for this lady a second time. But here's what I want you to see. Why is it so important? Why is it so valuable that you have the miracle of hope in your life? Because hope for today, whatever God does for you today in this moment, is going to give you strength for a lifetime. That your miracle today, your hope today, and as God brings about his promises in your life today, is building a story of God in your life for whatever you'll face in the days to come. Hope is not just for a moment. Hope needs to be in you for a lifetime. This amazing thing you see about people of hope in the Bible, because people of hope in the Bible are always, always poised. They're able to be ready for whatever is coming their way. It doesn't mean things don't shake them, but they're they're not shaken like the world. There's a poise to them, and they. People of hope are always actively pursuing God, like this lady did. She runs after Elisha and and, and and people of hope are persistent. Boy, they know how to just dig in there and be persistent in their prayers and persistent in pursuing God. And, and people of hope always make sure they have the right perspective on life. They keep the right perspective. God is always seen as a good God, a God who's able to come through. They hold on to that thread of hope. And the story ends with this amazing resurrection This lady has now handed her son back again, and the hope that that was restored the first time gave her the strength to walk through the second trial that she faced in her life and see God do a miracle again. The Bible is so filled with stories of hope, and the gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of hope. When Jesus came, he came to give you hope. The word gospel means good news, and so good news is God is good and God God's goodness is directed toward me. And God has good promises for my life, for this life and for the life to come. And because of the gospel, I have good news. So the gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of hope to us. Let me give you three passages as we're wrapping up here today that will remind us of the power of hope that's in the gospel. First Peter one verse three says praise. Peter writes and says, praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new, given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Notice that phrase, a living hope, that hope begins to live inside of you. That when hope lives in you, that it brings you alive on the inside. You're you're, you're living with a hope that cannot be quenched. Notice Hebrews 6 verses 19 and 20 from the Passion Translation. We have this certain hope, like a strong, unbreakable anchor holding our souls. So it's likening hope to a, an anchor for our souls, so anchoring our anchor, the, the unbreakable anchor, holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat, which sits us in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold and where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone in before us. He is now and forever a royal priest like Melchizedek. What is being said there is that This hope that we have in Jesus Christ anchors us. What an anchor does is it keeps the boat where it needs to be. Even when the waves are coming and the wind is blowing, an anchor anchors you in life. That's why you need the miracle of hope. It poises you. It gives you an anchor to hold on to a living hope inside of you. Don't live without hope. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of hope. Listen to Colossians 1, verse 27, again from the Passion Translation. Living within you, that's you, as a believer in Jesus Christ living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of, what's the word there of? Hope filled with the riches of glory for his people and God wants everyone to know it. Here the Bible reflects to us the fact that we, as believers in Jesus, we have a treasure chest of hope that can live inside of us. What's the message for us today? One of the greatest miracles in your life today, one of the greatest things that can happen in your life today is not some event that happens. Before the wonderful events happen in your life, you need the hope that they can happen. Some of you've lived a disappointed life, you've had great disappointments that you've not been able to overcome or get past beyond. You feel like life has denied you of certain opportunities and certain situations and certain blessings. And I want you to know today, all of us, all of us experience the disappointments of life from time to time. Don't raise my hopes again. This is the lady in the story. Don't tell me I'm going to have a son. Don't tell me this, Elisha, unless it's going to be true. We've all had our hopes dashed by life circumstances. But God comes in in a fresh way and he begins to remind us, I know where your hidden pain is. Just like He knew the hidden pain of this lady. I know where your disappointments are. And He steps into the disappointed places of our life. He says, the first miracle that I wanna do, before I do an outward miracle, I wanna do an inward miracle. And the first miracle that I wanna do is I wanna restore your hope. I want you to recover hope that I am a good God, that I do good things for people, that I have good promises for you, I want your hopes to be raised again, your expectations to be lifted again, that I can do good things in your life. And when I give you that hope, and I produce those miracles, and I do those things in your life, remember it's not just for a moment. It's not just for that moment. I'm building a story in your life, a story of hope so that when you go from one challenge to the next, living hope will go with you. It will anchor your soul that you'll be able to draw on the resources of a treasure chest of hope in your life would you join together with me as we pray father we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have today to study your word we're grateful for the word of god and how it imparts to us uh, truth and understanding and i pray for each person that's watching i pray lord you know the exact needs of their life i pray that you would come to them in the midst of their disappointments the pain whatever might be in their lives Lord, so many of us have had disappointed expectations but lord we pray that today the miracle of hope would happen We pray, Lord, that as we come to you, that we will find that you are the God who who produces in us that anchor of hope. You fill us with hope by the power of your Holy Spirit. We ask, Lord, that that miracle would happen in every heart and every life today, just as it happened for the Shunammite lady, the story with Elisha. Do that work for us, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are just simply bow your head with me and i'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart call upon god and i promise you that he will hear and answer you so let's pray together start by simply whispering the name jesus let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of his name say jesus i know that that i am a sinner that i have fallen short with you i'm sorry for all of my sins jesus i believe in you i believe that you are god's son i believe that you are the savior of the world i believe that you died on the cross for my sins and i believe that you rose from the grave that you are alive today now pray these words say lord jesus come into my heart come into my life forgive me of my sins give me a new start in you I commit my life to you, in Jesus' name, amen. Now if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. Old things pass away, all things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. and You begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you. And we look forward to seeing you next time. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to church-redeemer.org slash you. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.